tell you how the world is wrong. The world is wrong about Mad Dog Time, the Paperboy, Mordecai, after last season. The World is Wrong is an extremely positive podcast where Andras Jones and Brian Connolly champion films The World is Wrong About. Available on Paperhouse Network wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ray Don Chong, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. a shake We're in the studio tempting fate Wherever you are Putting questions to the songs which we will randomly Select here with the help of our friend Synchronicity And now it's time for Welcome to the Radio 8 Ball Show. I'm your host, Andras Jones, and this is the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. This is Radio 8 Ball Season 3, The Appenay. Where we are engaging the Pop Oracle using the Radio 8 Ball app, which is filled with every song recorded in the history of Radio 8 Ball, as well as a couple of hundred of my own. I hope by now you've downloaded the Radio 8 Ball app. If you're an iPhone user, it's free and it allows you to play host and conduct your own musical divinations just as we do here on the show. The app also plays the latest podcast and selects the randomly chosen Pop Oracle Song of the Day. On our last episode of Radio 8 Ball, Aaron J. Leonard asked, If Woody Guthrie were with us today, what advice would he give us? And received as his randomly chosen answer, Wooden Arms, recorded on Radio 8 Ball on KAOS in Olympia, Washington, on August 23rd, 2005, by Randy Kaplan. Baby, I woke up, now I'm a different man. If you forget the way I was, I'll show you why. This is our 666th podcast. 666. It's an auspicious and misunderstood number, and it's had me uh, rather stumped and stymied as to how to approach it. I decided about a week ago that it probably made the most sense to take this one on solo, Uh, 
even the potential guests I could think of who might get the complexity of this number would still likely wonder why I thought of them and if there was some implied judgment. This kind of goes to the confusion surrounding the number 666 and the archetype to which it is associated, the devil. I mean, I know the devil isn't bad or evil, but if someone called me a devil or implied I was the perfect 666th guest, I I still would have to wonder if they were kind of implying something, like that I was bad or evil or something like that, and I just didn't really want to have to navigate this with anyone or, or put that on anyone. Uh, this week on the World is Wrong podcast, we've been covering the film The Horse's Mouth. And at the end of it, one of the things that uh, the painter, that Alec Guinness, does is he destroys his own masterpiece before someone else can because out of sympathy, you know, he, he doesn't want to put them in that position of having to be the one who... Uh, who destroyed a a national monument, as he said. And in the same sense, you know, unless you know someone who really wants to play the devil, and then even in that sense, you know, you don't want to have someone on the show who is too excited to be the devil. That's also weird. But even then, you see, there's just so much weirdness around this archetype. So here I was, knowing it had to be me, and I wasn't sure how, And while I waited for inspiration to strike, I just thought a lot about the archetype of the devil. I mean, I'm definitely a devil to some people. I mean, I don't think I am. And I could give you all kinds of, you know, um, self-protecting evidence to defend myself. I guess that's kind of redundant, self-protecting and defending, but uh, you know what I mean. But the fact would remain that some people would still see me as evil and even feel justified treating me that way. I mean, depending upon how you're oriented and how you relate to evil or the other or the devil. You know, if I'm right about this, then there's probably someone out there who's listening and thinking... Hey, some people think I'm the devil too, and I'd like to defend myself. And, yeah, it's hard. It's difficult. Um, I think maybe that's the essence of the devil card to me. It's the sense of being misunderstood by those who project their ignorance onto others and call it evil. And, of course, if we're going to be rigorous about this, this means questioning our own projections onto those we might perceive as evil. And I'll just leave you to chew on that one as I will continue to do so myself. It is, uh, it is, uh, a mental thicket, let us say. And as in uffish thought I stood, my old friend Will Morgan from the days of the sync book reached out with an invitation that set me on the course for this episode you are participating in now. Let me tell you about Will Morgan. He has been developing a YouTube channel called MetaEgg in which he uses the popular format of the, quote, Easter egg videos 
highlighting hidden messages in films and TV to smuggle his own sync work into a popular format that makes it easier for people to engage with, which is kind of something I know a little bit about having, I mean, I kind of think that's a description of what we're doing here with Radio 8-Ball. Will's latest obsession is the new Marvel series, WandaVision. Even before Will reached out to me, the series was on my radar because my old high school friend, Amos Glick, who you may remember from his appearance on the Ira Marlowe sessions of Radio 8 Ball in our second season, well, Amos has a small role, but significant, in the WandaVision series. He plays Dennis the Mailman. Oh, morning, Dennis. Morning, Agnes. Stick him up. Oh, don't shoot, I'm just a messenger. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> I just love that. So when Will reached out to me and asked if I'd like to participate in his exploration of WandaVision, there was already an immediate synchronicity for me and felt like an invitation not just from Will, but from the Pop Oracle that this should be the next episode. Now, Will, who, much as I adopt a sort of, I don't know, I hope humorously pretentious demeanor as the host of this show, uh, Will also adopts a kind of persona, which is sort of this dumb bro character for his show, but he's actually kind of brilliant, and he has a whole theory about the WandaVision series working as a tarot spread. When he called me, it was between the release of the third and the fourth episodes of WandaVision, and his tarot spread at this point included the moon for the first episode, the magician for the second, the empress for the third, and his hunch was that the next card would be the high priestess, and he wanted to host a watch party with me as his guest. I think he invited me because he knew I wouldn't take it lightly, and I didn't. Like the devil, the high priestess commands cautious respect. She is also misunderstood, not because she is perceived as evil, necessarily, but because she is simply incomprehensible, as in she is beyond our comprehension while remaining universal and essential. The Shekinah, or Divine Feminine, is the force with which she is associated, a force which is accessible to any gender. And so I invited her to play the way an actor does. I steeped in thoughts of her and did my own form of ritual to prepare. And this, that I'm doing right now, is still a part of that. The fourth episode of WandaVision was released at midnight on January 28th, 2021. The moon was full, and I'd been meditating on the High Priestess as I went about my daily rituals. For three days straight, I'd picked the Aeon card in the... Crowley deck that I use, and this correlates with the world card and the tarot deck that Will Morgan and most of the world uses. And so, 
I was so focused all of this day on preparing for doing the reading that you're about to hear in preparation for doing Will's show, which I hope you'll also listen to. I just was so caught up in all of that. You can hear that's a lot going on. I totally forgot to check out what the song of the day for January 28th, 2021 was. And when I went back to it, because this is a day later as I'm uh, writing and recording this. Okay, to be honest, I'm recording this on the, I wrote this on the, the night of the 29th and I'm recording this on the morning of the 30th. I just, I want to be, we're talking about astrology, so I should be specific in time. But my point is, when I went back to see what was the song of the day on January 28th, 2021, it was pretty potent. It was recorded in downtown LA during, or, and in the aftermath of the LA uprisings of 1992 that are often referred to as the LA riots. And it's a song based upon the words of Sojourner Truth. And it was recorded live with my band, Mr. Jones and the Previous, with a really amazing singer named Julie Christensen, who, uh, among others, you'll, if you check the liner notes for some Leonard Cohen records, she's one of the featured vocalists, and she's one of the... She's kind of a high priestess energy holding person and Sojourner Truth is definitely a high priestess energy holding person and here I am totally arrogantly uh, throwing myself into the mix of this with a song I wrote called Ain't I a Woman performed by my band and released under the name Mr. Jones and the Fascists in Search of the Hundredth Monkey it was recorded live and released in 1993 and here it is and then we'll go into the musical divination. Well, there is so much racket, there must be something out of kilter. That's what the journal truth said. As she rose to the lectern, she was a six foot tall black woman. In a church full of white faces A 65-year-old preacher But she still looked out of place You see, it was 1852 In a church in Akron, Ohio A convention on women's rights Which was a pretty radical idea At the time she sat quiet Through the first day quite enough of that bull. So rising and rolling up her sleeve, she addressed the crowd. 
And this is what she said. That man over there says, the women need to be helped into carriages and lifted over puddles and given the best place everywhere. Wedding eye woman. No one's ever helped me in a carriage, lifted me over a puddle, or given me the best place anywhere. January 28th at about 10.30 p.m. in Olympia, Washington. The moon is full and in Leo, my sign, and I'm about to join the MetaEgg YouTube channel with my old friend Will Morgan for the debut of episode four of WandaVision. Will has some pretty interesting theories about the series and its relationship to the tarot deck. Basically, his theory is that the series functions as a tarot spread and that each episode functions as one of the major arcana from the tarot deck. He postulates that the first episode went with the moon card, the second with the magician card, and the third with the empress card. And his hunch is that the episode, which is going to be released tonight while we are filming, will connect very closely to the High Priestess card. Now, I always figure that folks who listen to Radio 8 Ball must have some passing awareness of the tarot, so I won't explain all the meanings here. It's easy enough to look these cards up for those who are ignorant and curious. I'm pretty ignorant and not that curious about the Marvel Universe beyond the films, but Will tells me that Wanda of WandaVision is the superhero the Scarlet Witch and that her power is synchronicity and the manipulation of probability. Okay, well, now I'm a little bit more curious. And this brings me to my question for the Pop Oracle. Okay, so I've got the 
Radio 8-Ball app open. And now for the 666th question of our podcast. Here we go. What's the deal with WandaVision? And now I'm going to give it a shake. <laughs> it's a demo of a song I wrote called Never Emmanuel. Every time I fall in love, it has that certain smell, but you'll never be Emmanuel. You could be my destiny, and I could never tell, cause you'll never be, never be, never be. No, you're never Emmanuel But every guy's in every size Been putting me through hell And you'll never be, never be, never be Emmanuel Sure, we had some pleasant times Dressed up like Norman Fell But you'll never be, never be, never be No, you'll never be, never be, never be No, you're never Emmanuel See you never Emmanuel Fuck you, you're never Emmanuel You're never gonna be Emmanuel And Emmanuel was everything to me Never where I wanted her to be And that was laying right here next to me Well, you are, but you're never Emmanuel Every time I fall in love, it's under that same spell. And you'll never be, never be, never be Emmanuel. Oh, I'm sure that it's confusing, darling, when we seem to gel. But you'll never be, never be, never be. No, you'll never be, never be, never be. No, you'll never be, never be, never be, never be, never be, never be. No, you'll never be Emmanuel. No, you'll never be, never be, never be. No, you'll never be, never be, never be. Yeah, you'll never be, never be, never be. No, you'll never be, 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 Emmanuel. How was the sound on that? Did you hear it okay when you were listening through that? Oh yeah, it sounded sounded. You know, it, I mean, it's a it's a crappy little demo, and it sounds even. You know, it sounds perfect. It's the perfect aesthetic. Man, that really this. shows. This really shows what you're capable of, man. But for I gotta ask you, what's that Thanks. song mean to you? I'm gonna do this. Well, it's funny. It's uh, it's like, like a lot of things. It means a lot of different things. In terms of this reading, I've had a couple of minutes to think about it. And I think it's kind of perfect for the show because it's all about illusions and people wanting people to be other people, wanting the illusion to be the real thing. Um, mm. And then 
for me, the origin story is it's based upon uh, a story that Andy Dick told me about his desire for one person and being angry at like all these other people he was having sex with because they weren't this other person. And this other person, he said, oh, I would, but they were never Emmanuel. And I was like, I oh, know, I like that side of that. That's it. Never Emmanuel. Well, Emmanuel uh, is I, like and, from the Bible too, though, too, right? Isn't Emmanuel? Emmanuel is like, oh man, this is horrible. Well, all I know is what that is Emmanuel what car? Is what, the, car. Well, I was gonna say all I know about Emmanuel is that she's the you know the sort of um, softcore porn icon sort of archetype, a very high priestessy archetype that uh my co-host on the other podcast i do the world is wrong podcast is currently writing a book about called emmanuel emmanuel uh emmanuel on emmanuel and uh going through every emmanuel film and it's pretty it's a pretty staggering number of emmanuel films that exist there's like they have an emmanuel in pretty much every different country uh, and like there's, I think there's over 200 Emmanuel films, but, uh, that I don't know about the Bible. Uh, you know, my, my sense of where I go to for my high priestesses, I wouldn't go to the, honestly, I wouldn't go to the Bible for my high priestesses. <laughs> they were probably all excised many years ago. Any, any high priestess was probably, uh, you know, burned, neutered or excised. I'm sure. I uh, ain't wrong. <laughs> yes, indeed. Got it. Got to look either further back or 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 further forward. I think we might get some witch shit tonight, man. There might be. Some, what is? Do you uh, think that that song has a particular card? Is it associated to a card in that in the Radio Eight Ball? I know sometimes you do that. Uh, it hasn't. I I, I haven't associated it with a card there's there is something oh there is a oh, so the line in it that i think is really potent for this is every guy's in every size been putting me through hell mm. and it's probably my favorite line <laughs> one of my favorite lines that i've ever written and i know no one it's impossible to understand if you don't read it because it's every guy's g-u-i-s-e like every you know mask in every size been putting me through hell oh. which in a way is what's going on in this whole thing and there's like like so she is probably she isn't she both i mean she, if this is her her dream if i was interpreting this as her dream then she's both herself and vision she's everyone in her dream right she's everyone right? everyone everyone she's not yeah. like everyone <laughs> right perfect exactly um so oh, yeah, I that's think that's up. that's rich. I hope you checked out the meta egg episode that that last clip came from. Since then, a week has passed, and Will has invited me back to be a guest on Meta Egg this week. So at this point it was clear that he is our guest on this show and it just seemed unfair not to invite him to ask his own question to the pop oracle something you'll hear he took a great amount of pleasure in we recorded this session around 9 p.m pacific time on february 4th 2021 
So, Will, uh, it's been a week since uh, that reading, uh, with my reading for the show that we did together, the Meta Egg episode about WandaVision. We just heard it, and you've had another week to think about it. What do you make of Never Emmanuel as the answer to my question, what's the deal with WandaVision? Well, I guess in the business, we would call it a direct hit. <laughs> um, I, I thought a lot about not just our, the, the, the live stream that we did, but our conversations that were running up to that too, about me asking you questions about the high priestess and, and whatnot. And there's a, a couple of things that you said sort of like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to be the emissary. I want to... Because she's the boss lady, I think is what you called her. And I, I, that image stuck in my head. And um, leading up to the live feed that we're going to have tonight, I was doing a re-watch of all of the shows and everything. And I think that in the episode, I, I kind of got a little emotional because it dawned on me the undercurrents of uh, Never Emmanuel and... and uh, the story that you told about it, and then they actually called her a boss lady in that episode four that I had missed. And there, it was during a scene where she's sitting on a bench. I don't know if you remember it. Yeah, yeah, in and the it, black and white version, uh, or like the probably the 1950s version. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Late 50s, like 60s version when it, it looked odd. I mean, I, when I was watching it. I thought, you know, that that wouldn't have been a scene. They wouldn't have had the, the her sitting on the bench like that. Like there was a statement being made. Like there wouldn't have been a black character in the real series of that would in the, that took place. Like if it was the Dick Van Dyke show or something like that. Right. Right. But there was something. There was like you, she was on the bench. She was reading a newspaper. So there's this idea. Like all of a sudden, I got this weird feeling of like. Uh, like sit-ins mm. or, or, or like Rosa Parks, like a bus boycott or something. And it was just a statement. But like there's, so I, I hate to get nerdy about it, but like she is like who they introduced her as is an important character and sort of like progressive comic books. Uh, she was like, um, they call her Photon now, but at the time she was Miss Marvel and she was like the first uh, african-american female superhero i don't I, that that she was she's powerful she's super powerful and you made that point like a, a couple of different times all of those conversations that we had kind of stuck with me so i mean the story that you told about how like there, there's just something to it like it doesn't matter like it's all the same powerful f they're never going to be that i i don't know i i don't even know if i like i'm done with the reading so i'm really exciting about uh, like having another reading tonight or yeah yeah being introduced to actually participating yeah so i don't know if people know but our relationship was with me investigating you to uh, to begin with initially so i've i've listened to literally hours and hours of radio eight ball just watching the crazy things that happened to you and the different experiences that other people had so um 
I'm excited. This is this is a big deal. This is this whole little interaction we've had has been a big deal. Yeah, and it is kind of a big deal because well Okay, I'm going to throw this out there. I still I have a couple of ideas I want to share about things I've thought of since that reading, but something that you may not we we spoke about it in those conversations, but you may not be aware of is that this being the 666th podcast, it sort of began with me realizing that I had to do it solo because I could never put that on anyone else, even someone else who might be able to get it. It would still be a little bit weird to be like, hey, you want to come and be on the show? Like, it's very cool to be invited to show up and represent the high priestess. She is cool. <laughs> she is awesome. You're like, nobody, like, you'd have to be pretty, I don't know. Pretty shallow not to be honored by that invitation, but you could be pretty deep and still wonder why someone invited invited you to come and hang out as the representative of the devil. Like, what are you saying? Um, <laughs> and yet, you in the in my process of sort of hanging back and knowing I had to do it solo, you have sort of self selected yourself as I want to say I don't put it on you the emissary of the devil, but you're the guest for our our 666th episode and that's that's just the way synchronicity uh, that's the way it bounced synchronistically so i just want you to think about that as we move forward because you know my my well i just well, what do you think about that how do you how do you take that wow i don't like it's funny because you said something last time you're like i don't know you know, there's so many more individuals who can, who can speak to the, to experiencing something closer to the high priestess because they're not my gender. I'm, I'm totally paraphrasing and butchering what you said, but you said something along those lines. Yeah, like, I'm not worthy. <laughs> you're, you're not equipped, right? So I'm totally worthy on talking to you about the devil, my man. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, well, I'm t okay. Well, I well. mean, it is. I mean, like what we're doing, we're kind of like, I mean, the, 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 uh, I mean, the devil's in the tarot, right? He's he is the, the 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 Lord of Sync is is sort of a trickster, and there's a there's a lot of the same qualities to. Uh, the, the idea of being like immersed in the physical sort of finding finding secret messages in the physical or or so forth and so on I I feel like I feel like there's uh, there there was something I, I, I clipped a couple of shots of it earlier tonight because there's a couple of signs in the background like in the in the advertisements of in WandaVision. the background of uh, season of episode four of WandaVision, uh, episode three or two, it, there's like a billboard in the background that says something like "shining," like this will make your kitchen shine. And in one of the commercials, they say "shining." There's a very Kubrickian feel. Like I feel like they're giving tribute. And there's there's I know that there's people out there who have associated like Stanley Kubrick to to like the devil card or whatever, this idea of being totally domineering on his, his, uh, his actors and oh, having total control over the illusionary world that the, the audience sees or. I, yeah, I guess it's, the devil is so misunderstood. Um, but you know, that's why it's, that's why I, 
The only way that I can relate to the devil is to relate it to myself because I feel like to put it on anyone else is the most truly devilish thing you can do. Um, that's where so much trouble has come. Although there are certain people, like in the, the tarots that I've built, one of the things I realized and, and I just remembered today was, remember I told you that Never Emmanuel, the song, was inspired by something that Andy Dick said. And in many earlier iterations of the Pop Oracle, when I would build Pop Oracle tarot decks, for a long time, I think in almost every one of them, Andy Dick's song, Look at Me, was the devil card. So I hadn't even thought of that. And then the other thing I just, uh, the other couple things that I noticed from the last reading, and then we'll get to your reading because I really want to hear it, is that we recorded that on January 28th and Black History Month begins in February. So I think while it's maybe stretching it, it's not entirely stretching it to think that the folks at Marvel and Disney would be smart enough to sync up the introduction of this powerful black character with the beginning of Black History Month, because that's just sort of how, you know, they work on a schedule. Why not think about that? Well, they couldn't. I mean, because of COVID, it has been pushed back, but it would be smart of them to have... Right. It could be a sync or it could be... It could be intentional, but what is definitely not intentional is that when we did, when I did my episode around the the Radio 8 Ball episode, Radio 8 Ball episode around uh, focusing on WandaVision, that the song of the day that day was Ain't I a Woman, which is about Sojourner Truth, who is a genuine, a true black superhero. Absolutely. And Never Emmanuel, I didn't say it on the show, but the Emmanuel was a, is a, a gay black man, which is also a different kind of high priestess Shakina energy holding thing. But you know, my music is pretty damn white, and we came up with two <laughs> two very strong, uh, strongly associated with with blackness and beauty and strength and heroism around. Like in, in Never Emmanuel about beauty, unattainable beauty, and with uh, Ain't I a Woman, you know, much more about like a heroic figure, rebellious heroic figure in the firmament of this, this nation's history. And so I just thought that was really exciting. And I think the combination of the two, well, just I think it, I think that sets up your question really well. So do you want to say anything to preface your question as we as we go into this? Well, I mean, we talked a lot about the devil. I guess this whole idea of thinking that there were there was like this whole hidden tarot symbolism that was being shown in WandaVision, there, it's, there's a big question on whether or not I'm fooling myself to a certain extent or whether or not I'm just being really cl- clever and injecting in, in, in there. So... Overall, I would want to know, a friend of mine said this pun to me today, and I think that it was appropriate. He said, uh, will I have meta egg on my face? That was the question from your friend? He, he asked, aren't you worried? That I felt like the, it felt like Slim Shady in 8 Mile. He's like, aren't you scared of what they're going to say about you? And he kind of dropped this bomb. He's like, 
Don't you think you might get meta egg on your face? Like, yeah, Will, it's pretty convincing. But what if you're wrong? So I guess, let's see. Let's see if the the high priestess lays an egg. The question is from Will Morgan. Will I have meta egg on my face? And now... <laughs> sounds, so me- sounds so handy dick now, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm going to shake the app. But when I shake the app, I want you to shake your body. Ready? Okay, ready. And if you're out there listening, even though it won't seem like it's at the same time, we really will sync up if in this moment, as I say, I'm going to give it a shake. We all give it a shake. And... Oh, wow. This is an odd song from a band who I don't know where they are or how to find them. It's a band called Merch and a song called I Don't Think I'll Make It Through the Summer. (laughs) I don't know, man. Outlook not too likely.
What was the name of that song, Merch? That song was I Don't Think I'll Make It Through the Summer. And that was Merch doing I Don't Think I'll Make It Through the Summer, recorded live on KAOS in Olympia, Washington, on November 14th, 2006. November 14th, 2006. Uh does that da- does that date have any particular meaning for you? Well, it's well, coming up close on November twenty second, which is what? Oh well, yes, of course, it's the anniversary of the uh, Kennedy assassination, and probably a lot of people's birthdays that got ruined that year. <laughs> so, what do you think? Well, that's a that was that was quite an answer. I I won't make it through the summer. I won't make it through the fall. Or, or I won't make it to the fall. There's kind of like this idea. It's like you're not going to make it past November. So it it's definitely, it has a death card feeling. But if you ask the question, which was, uh, will I have meta egg on my face? And you got the death card. What would you make of that? Well, the death card is in my spread. And there's a lot at stake in that death card. But it doesn't really necessarily mean totally death, right? Of course not. The Grim Reaper. But there's also like, I mean, like... what It it could be the death of a bad habit. It could be the death of your ego. Well, yeah, but I mean, the death card is also like kind of associated with the the plague too. Like it's got a very like famine feel to like our current situation, so, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't, <clears throat> like, it's still up in the air. <laughs> like, the whole, it's almost like the yoke's on you, you know what I mean? Like, it's still, to me, it's an evasive answer, which carries out through this whole experience, the, still the trickster quality. So, I accept it as an answer. Uh, the, but but it's, 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 like, real hazy of an answer. It, it said summer, you know, it said some, summer so many times. I thought about it being hot. What passed through my head? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that, that there, oh, there's almost like an exhaustion. Or, but it, it's still like a very powerful song, even though it's like a, has a feeling of a dude on his last leg, so to speak. Yeah, it's, it's, um, so my policy with Radio 8 Ball is one of zero editorial oversight. So if you played on the show, you're in the app. There are people who are in the app, who songs are in the app, who don't, who won't speak to me again, <laughs> and I might not speak to them again. I'd speak to almost pretty much anyone I'd, I'd speak to again. But you know, basically, where it doesn't like. There are people in it who I love. There are people in it who I don't particularly like anymore. There are people whose music really moves me and music that doesn't particularly move me. But I don't really trust. I, my goal has always been that Radio 8 Ball is an aestheticless uh, project. That Obviously, it's going to have a certain aesthetic because there's certain music that I gravitate to. But I've tried to keep a very open lens in the sense of if a band like merch reaches out to me especially when i was doing the show every week on chaos and they wanted to come on you know as long as they didn't swear and i was even that i was probably not uh 
tight enough, didn't run a tight enough ship, but uh, then they could come on and do it. And it's always a great lesson for me when a song comes up that under other circumstances, like if I was just going based upon what I like, I probably would have not had this song in the app. It's a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know, just sloppy and atonal for my taste. (laughs) But I also know that my tastes are just my tastes. And when a song like this comes up as the answer, it's like, it's like seeing the devil, like the person who you thought of as the devil, you would have cast them out. Seeing them do something really valuable, you see them all of a sudden, like saving a kitten, and you're like, oh, damn, okay, I need to reappraise, I need to rethink this, this devil thing. I need to re- rethink this band that I think of as being like, I'm always hoping that that song doesn't come up when people ask a question. And I'm not saying this particular one. There's a, there's several different artists who I'm not hoping come up, including myself. I have songs of my own that I really am dreading coming up, but I feel like they're in the mix because they're in the mix. And then when they do, it's almost always perfect in a way that's challenging. So... Yeah, getting the death card. And notice that, uh, well, Merch is the band, and the logo that I have for them here is just a big M, which is an upside-down W. Also, M for Marvel, well, W for Wanda, M for Marvel. Well, House of M, because her name is Wanda Maximoff. And there's a a storyline that probably has a lot to do with this one right now. Because, I mean, the M... There's a there's a weird esoteric relationship between that M and that W, you know, that I never really considered until you had just said that. And we're going to explore that on your show, (laughs) Meta Egg, tonight. Tonight, we're going to get into this. I'm excited, man. I'm very excited. You know, it's it was a pleasure. This this was uh, it's kind of a creepy song. Like, I think it's interesting. You said something along the lines of, you know. You were kind of like dreading, perhaps dreading this song coming up because it is, it's like a, it's like a death song, but, uh, well, but it's also, it's a, yeah, it's, but there are some deaths that are good. Recently I did a reading and the death card came up and the next time, the next day it was time to pick another card. And I was like, you know what? I'm not through dying. I'm going to leave this on. Just keep this reading going for an extra day. (laughs) I've got plenty uh, more dying to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, but not that it has anything to do with anything, but uh, as as the guy who started out saying that this show about the devil was going to be about me and then having it turned into being about you and <laughs> we're going into, we are we're at the beginning of Black History Month and one of my... Uh, I think one of it's so it's facile to say, but one of well, everyone's favorite characters from uh, Black history is Malcolm X, and he was known for calling us white devils, and 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 he's right. Uh, we are two white devils here celebrating <laughs> this, uh, celebrating the blackness, and my. Just from the hip prediction, because I don't know anything about this WandaVision or anything, is it's possible maybe the next card is the devil card. That's what I'm, that's what we'll, we'll find out. Well, you'll have to tune in to the Meta Egg 
YouTube channel to check it out. And of course, by the time you're hearing this, it will already be recorded and living happily on the Meta Egg YouTube feed, which I will share in the show notes. Will, thanks for being on the show and thanks for, uh, you know, and having me on your show. A pleasure. Well, I hope you've checked out both MetaEgg episodes referenced on this podcast, and I hope some of you are familiar enough with WandaVision and the Tarot that this episode wasn't too inside for you. Just to give some context for those who are listening in the future, during the recording of this episode, some of the events in the news included... The GameStop short sell, where Reddit users organized to outweasel the Wall Street hedge fund Melvin Capital using an app called Robinhood that took the radically unethical move to shut their users out of buying GameStop stock to save Melvin Capital, a company that, it turns out, is an investor in the Robinhood app that marketed itself as an outgrowth of Occupy Wall Street, democratizing commerce. Rather than highlight this hypocrisy, the response from some in the national media has been to suggest that the Reddit Robinhood users might have been Russians, which it appears is all you need to say about people to make it okay to justify treating them unfairly these days. And if this isn't enough to remind some students of history of the McCarthy Red Scare of the 1950s, which my generation was taught was one of the darkest chapters in American history, Anti-Semitism was in the news, though mostly unremarked upon, as the San Francisco Chronicle ran an op-ed accusing Bernie Sanders of white male privilege for dressing too shabbily at the inauguration of Joe Biden, who is presumably devoid of privilege, white, male, or otherwise, while on the other coast, HBO prepared for the release of a four-part, quote, documentary on Woody Allen and Mia Farrow that we are told ignores Moses Farrow, now a child psychologist, and his reports of Mia's abuse particularly aimed at her adopted children. Regardless of your thoughts on Woody Allen or Bernie Sanders, Biased coverage aimed at prominent Jews is one of the ways anti-Semitism spreads. Also this week, several celebrities cast off their mortal coils, as I was in the process of producing this episode, among them Cloris Leachman and Christopher Plummer, and closer to home for me, Dustin Diamond, with whom I had the great pleasure of acting in an early episode of Saved by the Bell, when it was known as Good Morning Miss Bliss, and the passing of rebel folk singer Anne Feeney, with whom I played shows when she was collaborating with folk poet Chris Chandler in the late 1990s. Anne Feeney probably suffered from not enough recognition, while Dustin Diamond probably suffered from too much. In the episode of Good Morning Miss Bliss, I played Deke, the illiterate bully 
who made Diamond's screech do his homework and learns a valuable lesson about friendship in the process. At the time, a very young Dustin Diamond blew me away with his natural talent and comic timing, and it was a bummer to see how this talent was warped by the demands of a Disney acting aesthetic that was anything but the foundation for greatness. On the other hand, Anne Feeney was one of those artists who, like other hard-traveling folk heroes from Joe Hill to Jim Page, keep the songs of truth alive and are rarely repaid with riches and fame for doing so. Along these lines, as I listen back to this episode, while the rest of the world is paying attention to some sort of super football spectacle, I was struck by the fact that we have inadvertently associated Marvel and Disney with the devil card. Considering the role Walt Disney himself played in the blacklist of the 1950s and its targeting of minorities, unions, and those who often found themselves standing at the intersection of the two, Hollywood Jews, it certainly gives us something to ponder. It hasn't all been bad, though. This week's New Yorker features an article about the need to push the Biden administration to do more to counteract climate catastrophe. The article features a conversation with author Rick Bass, who writes about the Yak Valley and asked about the future of this region in our January 2019 episode, recorded in Missoula, Montana, with Caroline Keyes. The online article in The New Yorker actually linked to Rick's musical divination on our show, so while the content of the article may be troublingly in alignment with Will Morgan's apocalyptic reading, at least it helped my podcast find a few more listeners, and maybe impressed my family. Thanks to Chris Sand for introducing me to Caroline and to Rick, and for sending me the article that explained why, all of a sudden, Rick's episode was getting so many downloads. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been really enjoying the slower, more experimental production pace on the most recent Radio 8 Ball episodes, and having the ability to be more thoughtful and exploratory in our pop oracle readings. This is definitely going to be the new direction of the show, and I've been feeling some temptation to simply declare this a new season. Season for the... I don't know. It's all percolating. I was actually kind of hoping this episode might provide some clarity on this question, and perhaps it has. But the correct path forward, at least in this regard, remains pleasantly shrouded in mystery. I don't know what's next for Radio 8 Ball. But if you're craving more content while I'm figuring this out, I really hope you'll check out my movie podcast with Brian Connolly called The World is Wrong, where we celebrate films the world is wrong about. In February, we're going to be championing Tyler Perry's Temptation, Confessions of a Marriage Counselor, Chris Rock's Top 5, Black Snake Moan, starring Samuel L. Jackson and Christina Ricci, and in a cross-promotional episode with the Murphy Monday podcast, their host, Nigel Fullerton, 
who you may remember from the Anya Marina Independent Woman episode of Radio 8 Ball, joins the show to discuss the Eddie Murphy sci-fi film Meet Dave. Please subscribe to the World is Wrong podcast. And while you're at it, please download the Radio 8 Ball app from the iTunes App Store, join our Patreon campaign, give both podcasts great reviews on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to check out Will Morgan's Meta Egg YouTube channel. We're going to go out with a song of mine that I performed live on the Radio 8 Ball episode we did with the band Dead Rock West. And I'll post that link in our show notes. And with that, I am out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. and Dylan Who is the hero And who is the victim Of Mia and Woody Woody and Mia You've got to choose Moses or Dylan It's either Dylan or Moses Look them up online Make your own expert prognosis About Woody and Mia Mia and Woody And then we Cry out collectively What about Sunny? She's married happily And Sinatra's babies on network TV The spiritual sequel of that film by Polanski Shot in the Dakota in 1968 They wanted it all but they just had to wait for Dylan and Moses, Moses and Dylan, Ronan and Sunyi, Sunyi and Ronan, and Woody and Mia, Mia and Woody, Moses and Dylan.
That's a crazy show. What do you call it? It's the Radio Whitball Show. I'll ask a question if we don't have a call. You know, as soon as you start asking a question, we're going to get the calls, don't you, Tammy? But I do know that. But why don't you why don't you ask a question? Okay. Well, a week from tomorrow is my fiance's birthday, and I think we're going to have to keep it pretty quiet and low key this year. We we kind of had to change our plans with what's been happening in my life but I think we could have a good quiet low-key birthday celebration I'm just not sure what to do so that's my question for you and for the Radio 8 ball how can we quietly celebrate Merwin's 34th birthday and would you pick a number between 1 and 8 that is not 1 or 3 8 okay Okay, here we go. Sorry about that technical difficulty for a minute.
was the name of that song, Merch? That song was I Don't Think I'll Make It Through the Summer. I Don't Think I'll Make It Through the Summer. So, Tammy, do you want to give us your interpretation first, or do you want to hear what we think? Let's hear what you think first. So, why don't you guys start, Merch? Do you have an well, idea? Well, you yeah. know, touring is kind of hard, and uh, so the the first leg of this tour we did um, at the beginning of the summer, and uh, it was kind of the first time out on the road with this particular lineup, and uh, I think it was a hard time for Joe, and I think he thought maybe he was going to explode at some point, but instead of exploding, he wrote a song about it. We didn't even know he was going to explode. We just heard the song and realized Joe might have exploded a few weeks ago. We're glad he didn't. But it looks like he made it. And how does that relate to her fiance's upcoming birthday? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys connect the dots. <laughs> well, that was good. That was give us, gave us a little bit of insight into the question. Um, you know, it, it makes me think of the sort of like a uh, couple things. First of all, it has a sort of party like it's 1999 kind of feeling to me, you know, like really make the most of this one. Mm-hmm. And also, um, you know, it made me think of your other of your other question about the answer to your question you asked at the beginning of the show and the answer you got from uh, the scheme, the song Effigy, sort of again of like burning things away. And so as you burn things away, um, you know, that in this uh, battle that you're in right now, this this uh, situation you're in right now, you know, if you burn, if you burn away a lot of ego stuff in the summary, there is going to be a new person. You're going to be a new person there. So um, the person that you are, you know, you're you're going to be changing and dropping stuff and becoming new and different at all different times. So now is the time to really, um, you know, I think you should take that into a lot. It's, it's makes me think that if that was my answer, that I would do the eight ball would be saying to take that attitude into not just this birthday party, but all things, you know, of that, uh, you know, do it like it's your last. Um, and, there was something else about the summer. Like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what the, what the summer means for you. Maybe that's how you can help me out is like, what does the summer, like, do you think of yourself more as a winter person or a summer person? Oh, summer person. And he is too. And uh, we, we love to be outdoors. So, so it al- almost like make, you know, like I would say create the summer, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I don't know, like, watch weekend at Bernie's and drink Mai Tais and turn the heat up and, you know, get the, you know, listen to the Beach Boys and, you know, so I don't know. Or you could get in a van and drive around California. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> go to ca- Yeah, drive to California. Yeah, you could take the song as, since it says, I don't think I'll make it through the summer, you could take it as that for you and your fiance, your lives together is going to be a never-ending summer. So you never will get into the fall and the coldness and everything that comes in the later months because life for you too can just be a never ending summer. Yeah. Great. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for asking Tammy. My pleasure. Now let's get a phone call. That's how radio eight ball works. <laughs> 